Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh Welcome back to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo With the Education in Daba program with your host this evening Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis And as alhamdulillah as we said earlier it is Sunday the 27th of September 2015 Corresponding with the 13th of the Hijjah 1436 Just a reminder to our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 47913 the sms line 47913 now before moving on to the next segment of the education in our program let me just also say a word of shukran to our technician for this evening and that is uh, Haji Ishmael Falanda uh, always putting us on track and the right buttons that side of the microphone then uh, also an announcement and that is that the voice of the Cape will be celebrating a special awards fair honoring our senior ulama join us on the 4th of October at Barron's Estate, number 13 Knowles Park Avenue in Philippi. Enjoy the delicious food, light entertainment, plus the Golden Hour program live on air. A ticket donation is 200 rand per person, limited seats available. Uh, contact the Voice of the Cape Marketing Department on the number 021-442-3507 or even after hours on the number 082 786-5627 Now uh, my attention to the SMS line is an SMS from 8667 It says I work in the health sector Will the 1.5% pay progression be backdated to July? Shukran uh, Maybe I'll get Yasira to just give a quick response on that one Shukran Ridwan Yes it is backdated to July However um, you know us in the Department of Education we're looking at payment now at the end of September, early October. Right? Okay, inshallah, shukran for that. Yes, and then moving on to the next segment, as we indicated when we started the program, and that is that we will be continuing our discussion on emotional intelligence. And for that, we have in the studio with us uh, Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. Doctor, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam to you, Ridwan, and to Yasira. Shukran so much, Doctor. Shukran, uh, Doctor, and shukran for being with us once again. And um, because we didn't see Doc, let's say, also Eid Mubarak to you Shukran and your loved ones inshallah as a reminder we've got uh, in studio with us educational psychologist Dr. Yusuf Lalkan and we're going to be continuing our discussion on emotional intelligence uh, you can SMS your comments or questions to the number 47913 the SMS line 47913 now doctor maybe just a recap of what mm. we discussed last week yes indeed Ridwan. I think last week we, we started the discussion on emotional intelligence by challenging I think the idea that intelligence is one dimensional mm-hmm. is a single definition of what it is uh, intelligence is all about and we we introduced the concept of multiple intelligences mm-hmm. which suggests that there's more to a person than simply his mastering for example of maths and science and, and le- language for mm-hmm. example and so it was to broaden the understanding of what it is when we talk about competency in individuals and intelligence as a, as a concept and, and I was quite uh, you know amused earlier on obviously when I heard your, your discussion with the budding young scientists <laughs> and and they were absolutely amazing. I mean, I listened to what they were doing, and I thought, well, that of course is an indication of an intelligent individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was a bit surprised at the response because we sometimes are very awestruck mm. by a person with that kind of capability. And I always wonder whether we would be similarly awestruck if we had a master cabinet maker in the studio 
and he conveys to us what it takes for him to build a, a, a work that is exceptional, mm-hmm. you know. And so we need to encourage our community to understand that there are different dimensions to intelligence. That if I see somebody who is artistic, if I see somebody who is a good artist, a dancer or an actor or produces work of art or great furniture, these are equally people that should be respected for the intelligence mm-hmm. in being able to produce that. So I think last week we just kind of challenged that idea of intelligence being only one single mm-hmm. factor, as it were. And then we introduced the notion of emotion intelligence. And, you know, between last week and, and this week, I, I really sort of thought about this concept quite a bit because it does kind of intersect with other ideas of confidence. Mm-hmm. We always so ask, how do we produce confident children? Mm. We always ask, how do we produce children who can stand the ground? The ground? Mm. How, can we, how can we produce children who can interact with other children, mm. who can be part of a team, who can stand out in the team? You know, those are the issues of self-esteem and of self-confidence and of leadership. Those are the things we grapple with daily in our community. Yeah. How do we produce a child or, or have a child that can resist the temptation to easily go along? Mm-hmm. With things that he may know to be wrong, so those are very fundamental issues, you know, that we deal with on a daily basis. And even if a child is exceptional in maths and science, if he is inadequate in those areas, the potential is always there for him to be neglectful of his very talent mm-hmm. to be a great scientist. Mm-hmm. If emotionally he's unable to stand the pressure of whatever the social environment is all about. So really, for me, I think emotional intelligence kind of incorporates all of that. It's kind of a concept that can be utilized to explore those areas, I think, in a very sort of focused way. Shukran for that, Dr. Yasira, could you comment from your side? Shukran, Ridwan. And I think we, we, we kind of, you know, alluded to that last week, Doc, when we were saying, you know, at the end of the day, how I understand myself in relation to my environment, my social environment, um, you know, peers, um, older, older folk that I engage with, you know, how do I take decisions? How do I reason them? And I think, you know, when, when we do psychology at university and we always speak about higher order functioning and how do we get there, you know, once we get to our teens and, and pre-teens and, and going into adult you know what are the precursors for that because there are precursors and this is exactly the precursors we're speaking about mm. and somehow we kind of missed it as generations went on there wasn't mm. a, a huge focus on it but I can remember when we were young educators parents aunts uncles they kind of geared you toward that model belief system you know values and how do you interact and address others and you know when is it okay to say no when is it okay to say let's experiment and give it a try you know these opportunities were available to us um, and not in a contrived environment for Mm. that fact you know it wasn't let's have a simulated event and then see your response but um, what we have and when you look at adults who are not succeeding in in life it's because they haven't reached higher order functioning which means they can't reason at that level engage at that level and we forget that it stems from as they were developing you know as they were growing up the precursors they must on that way which is when we speak about emotional intelligence in its entirety and Mm. not what kind of person am I and how do I respond but how do I in an environment might not be my, my, my strong point, but still be able to stand my ground and say it mm. is a weak point, acknowledge it, 
but now how do I move forward from that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, shukran for that. Yeah, Sira, and then my attention to the SMS line and our recorded youngest uh, participant to the program called Education in Daba has uh, sent us an SMS and that comes from 5998. And it is Assalamu Alaikum. Just got back from a weekend away at Bergrafir. Just want to say shukran to my parents. Being in grade 7 is very hectic. Assessments, projects and extra classes are very exhausting. And that comes from Yasira Fisher at Golden Grove, Grade 7 learner. Uh, Yasira, can you comment from your side? She's saying it's very exhausting. Yes. Now, now you see, we were speaking about emotional intelligence last week, and we were speaking about, you know, how do children express themselves given the current situation, and can they identify what do they need in order to proceed even though they're under pressure or exhausted, etc. and so on. And she's the perfect candidate for, you know, meeting those precursors, moving well on her way. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to be at that graduation one day, I said, mm. you know, I, I mean, inshallah, I might not be mm. able to go in because there won't be a ticket for me, but it will definitely be outside. You know, because I think as she's growing up, we're growing up with her, Ridwan. Mm-hmm. And, and I it's think remarkable Mark, to if, see. If I just think quickly, I think Doctor was in studio when the first time she sent an SMS, she, if, I, if, if memory serves me yes, correct, because are. we were chatting about some challenges and then she just decided to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, on that note, we're going to go for a quick ad break. And when we come back, we'll continue with the program called the Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. And if you have joined us, we are joined in studio by educational psychologist Dr. Yusuf Lalkan. And if you would like to make contact with the doctor, you can contact him on the number 021-637-6831. And this evening we are continuing our discussion around emotional intelligence. And as doctor reminded us, it is, there is no single definition because we're speaking of multiple intelligences. And I think what we're discussing is the whole issue around self-confidence and also self-esteem. A reminder to our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 47913. Or you can give us a call in studio on the number 021-442-3530. Doctor, back to you quickly. Yeah, now just to follow up on what Yasira has indicated, you know, and that is the precursors, as it were. I mean, where does it all start? It really Mm. starts in the home. Mm. I mean, if anything, we talk about parents being part of the uh, education of the child of and I always think that the primary function that they have is not so much the language yes they have to read to the child and yes they have to sit with the homework and yet yes they have to support the child in those academic pursuits but the primary function really is for that parent to be able to build that child's self-confidence and self-esteem mm-hmm. so it's in that context maybe that I'd like to chat about tonight about how Parents, as the first educator, Mm. can teach the skill. Because this is a skill. It is something that can be taught uh, to their children (coughs) in the manner in which they engage with their children, the manner in which they respond to their children, I think uh, creates that 
concept and, mm-hmm. and that capacity to build uh, emotional intelligence. Okay. Sure, Dr. So before we continue getting into that, what we're saying is we're going to now, you know, give some almost kind of hints or tips, as Dr. said, to some yeah. of the parents, you know, as to how we can develop yeah. the issue around self-confidence and self-esteem within our children. Uh, just take me back almost, I think, I don't know, some time ago, I actually saw a movie where, you know, a parent uh, brought in a little baby in a pram and then I don't know if it's the uncle or someone was speaking to the child like in baby language, you know, you know, those type of things. And then the, the, the parent of the child got very upset to say, no, you don't speak to the baby, whether it's not a boy or a girl, I don't know, like that. You speak to them like an adult. Mm. Um, and I thought, you know, but that's how babies really talk. I mean, so why would, I don't know why that came to my mind now, doctor. Mm. Um, but anyway, let's get to what doctor wants to share with <laughs> well, our I'm parents. I'm not quite sure why that came to your mind. <laughs> I read one. No, it's this whole but thing I think about. the idea that you're really saying is, at what point do we start engaging with our kids? Yeah. And what is the nature of that engagement? Of that engagement, yes. And I think the, you engage with your kid from the very beginning. Okay. And it always has to be developmentally appropriate yeah. engagement. Yeah. And so, yes, there are people who overreact and say, don't speak to the child in baby language, speak to them in clear adult language. Mm-hmm. But it is a time where it's simply the nature of that engagement that wants the sounds and the touch rather than the verbalization. Okay. That, that's important. But the reason why, let's, let's start tonight by just recapping again what we said are the key aspects of emotional intelligence what Mm -hmm. are we really talking about so the first issue really is a heightened sense of awareness now again I want to just come back to what Yasira said about the difference in maybe um, the world the society the communities 20 30 years ago and what it is now and that is we don't have time for each other we mm-hmm. really don't I think the most common expression I hear from parents is um, I'm too tired to do anything and I'm too busy <coughs> to do anything and so they're either too busy or too You're tired tired. to really do what is essential and that is to be a parent and I always say to parents you know um, it's like this once-off opportunity you have. No, yeah, there's, there's no, undo there's no button. coming back to that. Mm-hmm. And we all, you know, when you get to my age, we regret all the things we that we did do. or the things that we should have done. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, the mathematics of growing up is so important. Yeah. Your child will be one for one year only. Mm-hmm. He'll be two for one, for one year only. only. He'll be five for mm-hmm. one year only. Uh-huh. So it's always that one single opportunity that you have. And if you're too busy and you're too tired, then you've missed it. And so part of what we want to do, hopefully through the program, is to engage with our parents as the primary educator. So what can you really do? So the one thing I think is for all of us is to be emotionally aware. Mm. Just to be conscious of your emotions. And we have multiple emotions during the day. Um, We can be angry. We can be fearful. We can be depressed and anxious in an entire day. In fact, if you tabulate the the number of emotions, it literally runs into hundreds if you can break it down. So be emotionally aware. Recognize and identify your own emotions and be conscious of the emotions of others. Have the ability to discriminate. You know, what is this feeling that I have? And how, how am I going to understand this feeling? Mm. Because if I don't, I'm, uh, there's a strong chance that you will be reacting inappropriately mm. because you've missed the understanding of what that emotion is. Am I angry or am I just frustrated? Mm. Am I frustrated, I act differently. If I'm angry, I react differently. So try to discriminate those, those feelings a little bit. Manage it. So if it is frustration, how do I normally respond when mm. I'm frustrated? 
and how did it work before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it didn't work, if I reacted like that, why on earth would I want to resp- respond to frustration in that way again? So there's always the feeling, and there's always the reaction, and there's always a pattern. Mm-hmm. And so frustration generally produces a particular pattern of yeah. response in certain individuals. If it has a good outcome, then you can respond to frustration again like that. If it has a negative outcome, then please don't respond in that way. So be conscious of what it is that you feel, how you managed it before, and how you need to manage it in a particular way. And the other thing I think really one is important about emotions, and that is people always think it's a soft skill. No that it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. It has nothing to do with reasoning and it has nothing to do with behavior. Mm-hmm. It is just the opposite, in fact. I think your very <laughs> regulation of that emotion helps to improve the way in which you think. Yes. Now that's, a, that's something we must get used to. Mm. And if you can't manage frustration and anger, your thought patterns are derailed. Mm. And you say things and you act in a certain mm. way that you will regret. Mm-hmm. So emotions and thoughts, emotions and actions are inevitably connected. It's not a disconnected thing. You can't be cool and calm and angry at the same time. So you need to decide how I'm going to manage this emotion in order to respond to the situation. So for me, those are the kind of key elements, I think, to emotional intelligence. But the important one is that the the management of emotions helps thinking and helps behavior. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's an important thing, and I'm I'm just thinking, you know, in my own uh, arena of work that I'm in, if you either upset or take the opponents, if you anger them, for example, or you frustrate them, then you're almost kind of derailing their thinking pattern. And if they are unable to manage that emotion, you know, then almost the matter is almost an open and shut case. Before I ask Yasira to very quickly comment on that, there's another SMS from 5998, and it says, Assalamu alaikum, I cannot believe it, it is the end of the term again a hectic week ahead schedules reports analysis <laughs> term performance balancing home and school not always easy may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always guide and protect me and my family and that comes from Rushana Fisher from Kenwin then another is miss from double two three four salam one our school have a study hub grade 12 from June Friday until 7 p.m. and on Saturdays now I'm not sure I don't have the a full message, but I'll get to it. I'm hoping that that listener will give me a bit more information. But it's a study hub for grade 12s that's starting at a particular school, and that's on Friday from 7 p.m. and also on a Saturday as well. Uh, Yasira, your quick comment. Shukran, Ridwan. You know, as Doc is speaking, and I'm, and I'm hearing what Doc is saying about, you know, our emotions and how we deal with it. And, you know, many a times people would say I'm, I'm quite passive-aggressive in my approach to things. And I think that, that you know... Um, you're kind of in the middle. You could go either way. But what I've seen, Doc, is that people, regardless of the outcome, they tend to be more prone to a known experience, whether mm. it's good or bad. And and the fear of actually responding appropriately is the biggest barrier that we face, face with people nowadays. So even if the response is the inappropriate one, it's the one that they are used to and they know how to come back from it, they would still respond like that. And I think this habitual pattern, you know, just goes on and on and on but we sit with a greater void at the end of the day because we model behavior to others Mm. especially the Mm. little ones around us now we've picked up those kind of characteristics becomes habitual so if i'm raising children it would effectively 
you know, be the way that we deal with things should we be faced with this. I don't know, really know what emotion it is. Let's call it grr and, mm. and you know, and then respond as I mm. would um, mm. in the past. And I think we must be very careful about doing that. And the best thing would be a time out on the emotion that I'm experiencing. I don't know how to respond now, so let me take a step back. Instead of going with a known experience, it's going to turn out like this, but I can come back from it. Yeah. It, it becomes unhealthy. Yeah. Mentally unhealthy yeah. as as it continues to take place yeah. over a period of time. Okay, yeah. can I just say quickly, Ashera, what was the, I think we had uh, that um, the, the new dictionary that they have for Isutu language. Correct. Um, where you can it's actually, the yeah, they can actually contribute to that particular dictionary doc where you can actually put on your words. So I think the word grr, yes, I use, maybe we can send that in and ask them to put that on there. Yeah. But just my attention very quickly before I give back to the doctor around the SMS line from double two three four. So now it comes to complete message. Salam, one. Our school is having a study hub for grade 12s from June, Friday until seven, from 7 pm and also on Saturdays. Alhamdulillah, very well organized by our principal and educators. I appeal to my peers to please study. So this seems as if it's coming from a grade 12 learner that's really making an appeal, you know, to all the grade 12s to really uh, study. So maybe you can give us that lesson. I can give us an indication of uh, the school that you're talking about. But shukran, you know, for encouraging the rest of your peers to really study and using particular education in Daba to do that. But that, Dr. brings me to, and I don't want to deviate, but I think maybe we should look at something like that in terms of when we're getting towards the matric exams, you know, Maybe not study tips necessarily, but I think also now how do we assist our matriculants to really manage the emotions mm. during uh, the matric exams? I'm not too sure what your views on that. Doctor? Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Really one. Look, the issue about emotion intelligence, I think, as Yasira pointed out, is probably an ongoing um, engagement. Mm. It, it doesn't begin anywhere and end yeah, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the point she made is that we all have adopted, I suppose, a particular pattern of response mm-hmm. regardless of the outcome we kind of stick to it it's almost like the neural pathways have been fixed, fixed. and yeah. so you you've you've done it before and you've managed to handle even if it was a negative response mm. and so you continue with that when in fact there's a possibility of undoing it mm. undoing that neural pathway is more difficult when you're older yeah. it requires a little bit more effort however with kids we can actually establish that neural pathway for them right at the beginning and that's the fascinating and interesting thing that we need to recognize about how we engage with young people so you don't only strengthen them in terms of their cognitive ability Mm-hmm. You know, you can strengthen them in terms of the emotional responses yes. as well. Okay, doctor. That's very Marf, I don't want to deviate again, but there's an SMS here from double two two six, and it says, "Assalamualaikum, my son is in matric. Do you think it is a good idea for him to work first and then to study at a later stage?" Shukran. Now I know it's not maybe a very straightforward uh, or easy question, doctor, but uh, mm. maybe just a quick comment to that particular listener. Well, it seems to be that emotionally this child is not ready to engage with full-time studies. studies. And he needs an opportunity to maybe take time out and reflect on where he wants to be in life and if he needs to work in a particular environment in order to gauge experience and an understanding of what his capabilities are, then one would advise that instead of rushing headlong without considering what it is that I'm going to do and whether I'm actually suited for that particular Is that like a gap year? Part. Is that like a gap year, and doctor? It seems to me that the mom is saying, should he take a gap year before he proceeds with further studies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. 
Yeah, so it, it really depends on how that family sits down with the child and talks about why he believes it is important and whether the parents agree to it. Okay, shukran for that. And then the response to my appeal earlier, the message from 2234, uh, that was from a grade 12 learner, you know, saying shukran, well organized by the principal and the educators with the appeal for the peers to study. And that comes from a proud learner at Darul Arkham Islamic High School. So a very big shukran there uh, to our youngsters for their participation and encouragement to others here to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Doctor? Yeah. So, so let's start really one with what I think are the five sort of key things that parents can do. Now there may be more things and maybe we can each point and elaborate on it. But I think the first thing is, is to always be able to acknowledge a child's perspective and to empathize with that perspective. Now, I know there are many parents who say, well, what if I don't agree? Well, empathizing doesn't mean you've you got agree. to agree. Yeah. Empathizing simply means that you have to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the, you know, a couple of examples, you know, um, when you want a child to stop playing because you want him to move on to another task, you can either say stop playing and if you don't, I'll be very upset with you or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Or you can acknowledge that I see you really are enjoying what you're busy with. And I wish you could carry on with that. Yeah. But really, <laughs> at this point, we need to wind down and I'm going to give you two minutes to quickly finish what you're busy with and pack it away, then we can move on. Mm. Now, we all recognize that when somebody understands how you feel, what an amazing feeling that is. When somebody acknowledges your mm-hmm. position, to saying, I understand what you feel like and what you're busy with. However, it is now time to move on. The possibility of moving on is greater in that process because you have been acknowledged. People have not said to you that playing is not a good thing mm. or it's not important. We recognize that feeling. Mm-hmm. But what it happens, Rita One, is exactly what we spoke on earlier, and that is whenever you acknowledge a child, when you empathize with that feeling, you create sort of a soothing biochemical yeah. in the brain. A response, yeah. There is a, there's, a, there's a warmth. There's a softness, there's a willingness to listen and a willingness to respond. And when you start creating that release of that biochemical in the brain, then you strengthen exactly that neural path we were talking about. Mm -hmm. So that the child knows whatever I feel like something, however I have to do something different to how I feel, I'm able to make that transition from that emotion which has to now be regulated and managed mm. to that action which is in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So you start teaching them from a young age, and that happens when you spend time and you say things, like, I know you're disappointed that we couldn't go out today, and I know you would really love to go. However, can you tell me which other days you'd like us to go? Mm. Now, there may not be the reaction you want at the beginning, but if the child knows that you will respond to what he says, that you will acknowledge how he feels, mm. you stand a better chance of getting a response rather than to repress that emotion because mm. it's going to come up again later on. Oh, definitely. Mm. Mm. Yes. Shukran for that, Dr. Amafia I think these are some very uh, uh, invaluable, I don't know if that is the correct <laughs> word, advice given by Dr. Yusuf Lalkan on that. But we're going to go for a quick ad break and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called The Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape.
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Mysterio. And if you have just joined us, well, you've missed out on, on quite an interesting discussion. We are chatting to educational psychologist Dr. Yusuf Lalkin and we're speaking about emotional intelligence. Um, but the key thing is we're now moving on to the issue around empathy. And I have to be very honest and say, you know, even on air, that what doctor's sharing with me, it, it really makes sense if you hear someone saying a doctor. But, you know, when you're actually interacting with your children, you don't necessarily think of it in that way. Uh, but shukran so very much. I'm sure that our listeners are benefiting from that. So we're speaking empathy. Doctor? Yeah. Okay. So so the first point, Ridwan, is then to um, see the, the, the situation from the child's perspective. Mm-hmm. And you have the capacity, obviously, as an adult to do that. And you have the power almost to manage that. And I think very often a parent who reacts sort of inappropriately almost seem to not recognize their own ability. Their own ability, yeah. and, and their own authority, and, and, they, and then they respond in, a, in an mm-hmm. inappropriate way. So empathize with what your child is feeling and say those words to him. You sound like you are disappointed. Or I can see that you are disappointed. I can see you're unhappy about going to bed early. And the child will look at you with absolute amazement because that's the feeling he's got and you're putting a word to that feeling okay, yes, can, I ask recognizing you, can I ask you Sarah, to make a comment yes Shukran Ridwan I think during the break you asked like do you get parents like that and both um, Doc and I see you know at the same time yes there are you know tons of parents who are like that and my auntie Madania is one of those parents you know and I'm always amazed at how she an- interacts with the kids and she would say you know um, I don't think that's appropriate you know this is not our house can you settle down now I would do the opposite of that and I'm going to go fetch you and sit you down but that's how we are and then obviously our children respond differently mine throws a tantrum and mm. my children sit and and so we don't see you know unless we sit and retros- retrospectively go back to that situation we see what we've done wrong but just on that note when we're very authoritarian as parents we will see our children resist authority as they go up we're not talking full force conduct disorder but you will see the resistance as they grow up because their own parents were authoritative mm. and then you want to ask why is the behavior like this why do you back check why do you give answer in class at a very lower level doc mm. but i mean it's always consistently Absolutely. there and Absolutely. as they grow older authority becomes a kind of a thorn on, in their side mm. but that is because how they were addressed when they were in an emotionally fragile state or a very vulnerable state emotionally and then that authority you know just came and then kind of consolidated what that emotion is and linked those two together and yeah. this is what they perpetuate as they grow up okay shukran for that doctor you know, the interesting thing, uh, Ridwan, is that all those emotions that get our children into trouble at school mm-hmm. or that makes them underachieve at school, all those emotions are exactly the same emotions that they displayed at home first. Yeah. So those issues of anger and of fear and of anxiety that later on impacts on their ability to interact with others or to perform adequately, those emotions were present already in the house. And so we saw it. Yes. And I think the, the normal reaction of a parent is to be disapproving of that emotion. Mm-hmm. As if being angry, is being fearful, mm. being anxious or being worried is negative. And so we're desperate for our kids not to display those emotions. And we think the one way to do it is to suppress it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is to say, don't. 
feel like that. Don't do it. Because it upsets you. Because mm. you think, my kid's going to grow up being angry all the time. However, when you repress those emotions at home, <laughs> it's that very child who takes that anger and for one or other reason he lashes out at the preschool at all the kids. And the parents get called in and they say, but that's not my child. Well, it is the same child. Mm. But exactly the same emotions. You've suppressed it at home and it's coming out in school. The child says, I'm fearful, I'm worried about the dark, about boogeyman, about this, that, and the other. Deal with it. Engage with the child with it. If you repress it, that's the very same child who's going to have nightmares two years down the line, who's going to wet his bed because he's anxious and worried about things that he was unable to talk about. Mm -hmm. So I think the second thing that I'd like to say is allow these emotions to be expressed and say to them that you acknowledge it. You know, I remember my son going for his first (laughs) soccer game. Mm And the minute he put on his boots and he put on his togs and he looked at the field, he completely went to pieces. He didn't mm. want to go onto the field. It was too much to It was too, too much for him yeah. to manage. Mm-hmm. And I remember how embarrassed I felt with all the other fathers Be, yeah. and their kids were running onto the ego. field. <laughs> my ego got in the way mm. of me dealing with him. Mm. And I should have said, and I didn't. Just like you making a confession on air, we can all do that. Yeah. Because I think parents recognize how we sometimes allow our ego to get oh, in the way mm. of recognizing that feeling of being anxious. Mm. What I should have said was, it doesn't it really matter if you're anxious. I used to feel anxious about mm-hmm. playing soccer as well. If you don't want to play this week, then we can sit it out or we can wait for the second half and then you can go back on. But Instead, look, yeah. you started shouting at the kid, you know, be a man, <laughs> step up. Mm. Everybody's doing it. Why don't you want to do it? <laughs> so we deny that, that anxiety that the child felt. Mm. And what happens is those, those feelings that are repressed becomes a minefield of emotions that's suppressed and waiting to explode later on in life. Mm-hmm. So emotions become dangerous things as yeah. far as the kids is concerned. Yeah. I can't talk about it. I can't feel it. And I'm going to keep it in check. And when the possibility of keeping it in check is no longer available, then it comes out in an extremely negative way later on. And this is what I okay. keep saying, Doc, Marv, no? y- you know, Ridwan, yeah. is that um, and even in, we come from psychiatry, so we know what somatophore means. And we, we keep telling our patients, your tummy is not sore. Mm. But anxiety cannot lay under a rock for a period of time and you don't expect that rock to, you know, move and that to come up. But, you know, that's what happened. And then we have, you know, my arm is paining or my tummy sore, my leg is sore. And so you'll see children exhibit that same behavior when it's Monday morning and they must go to school. Immediately they have a headache. Mm. And we ask, why do you do these kinds of things? Like, what is the problem? And if we get emotional, it's either something happened over the weekend or at school, which was not effectively dealt with by the educator and the Mm -hmm. parent when the child came home. And so you can't suppress it anymore. It will come out in physical form. Absolutely. Okay, shukran for that. Dr. Shukran, unfortunately, our time has run out. We are going towards the walk to visit, but really a very big shukran to you for uh, sharing with us uh, that valuable information. Before I agree, doctor, can I say to my daughter, (laughs) Kothar, very, very quickly, uh, my baby, daddy received your message, not to worry, daddy received your message. Uh, I will attend to it right now. Uh, Dr. Sovereign, Shukran to you. You see, now I'm saying to Kothar, I, I received your message. I know that you're anxious, and I've learned something. Uh, isn't that a good thing? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's yeah. so. Dr. Shukran and Abidiyah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.